The digitalization of procurement. Wow, just saying that makes my eyes glaze over. But before you bail out of this podcast, think about this. You're looking to purchase a new garage door opener. As you go into procurement mode, of course, you log onto your phone with facial recognition software, you search online for a garage door opener, you check reviews, maybe see a composite score created by an algorithm. Before you pay, of course, an artificial intelligence program suggests other items you might need. Then you check out with your cloud-based payment program. You get a digital receipt, of course, and a tracking link so you can monitor delivery. And last but not least, when it arrives, your garage door opener is internet ready with an app you can use to operate it from anywhere you have cell service. So in your own personal procurement universe, you can sometimes go all digital. So does it go the same way in the business-to-business world? That's what we're talking about today on Global Sourcing Insights from SIPS. With me are Bill Michaels, VP Operations, SIPS Americas. Bill? Hey, hey. thanks, Bob. Good to be here. And Sheena Donaldson, Knowledge Manager at SIPS, based in the UK. Sheena, hello. Hello there, Bob. Nice to speak to you. So we'll start with Sheena. SIPS and the University of Melbourne conducted a big survey of procurement professionals to find out how their organizations are using the internet and software applications to transform their supply chain management. What was the news from the results? What are companies or where are companies putting their technology investments? We were finding out from our our survey that we conducted last year that a lot of organizations, in fact 90% of our respondents, Uh, were primarily motivated by um, investing in tech such as cloud technology. And I think that comes more from the security aspect, um, and that's why that was a big driver. And we also saw feedback from our respondents around big data. Um, A lot of uh, procurement professionals are looking to get information back out of their systems so they can really change their operational processes and start to be a lot more proactive with the decisions that they're making. Sure, they're trying to use data to kind of get ahead of the game, of course, sort of just in Absolutely. time and then and then more. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, I think that uh, the, the, there's a there's counter argument with with possibly the big data systems with regard to a bit of information overload, but having that raw data to hand certainly allows procurement professionals to be a little bit ahead of the game from possibly where we were when you think about the traditional methods of forecasting. Sure. And Bill, how does that sync with what you see in organizations that you work with? What, what I see is I see people that are, are looking to reduce complexity, try, try and uh, find ways to um, really make themselves more efficient because the procurement job today is a 24-7 job where you're uh, managing procurement all over the globe. And, and you know, people see what's coming at them. They see that AI is going to uh, look for sources on on the internet, be able to find all the sources of supply, be able to do a, a, a RFP, RFI, uh, sort it out, and then make recommendations on sourcing. And um, they know that this is coming, uh, but they think it's quite a bit of ways. Many of the legacy systems we have uh, in, in procurement uh, really aren't flexible because they were put in for everybody a long time ago. And so what people are looking for is a way to bridge the gap and maybe get some um, bolt-on systems that will help them move their procurement into digitization uh, while still dealing with the uh, legacy of you know, the big systems. 
So Sheena, is is the uh, do, do people worry about cybersecurity in going to a cloud-based system? You said that they seem to have some advantages in that, but is is that a scary area, or what? What do you what do you see? Well, I've seen just from an engagement with security professionals, there's a closer working relationship now, and there's been an increase in a rise in uh, cyber information security officers. Um, there's been a lot of talk around GDPR last year and how we bring tech on board to organisations as a procurement function, but also making sure that we work really closely with the stakeholders. We've got that specialist knowledge to, to know and enable us that whatever we're bringing in tech-wise, we're doing it in the most secure way possible. Um, Cybercrime's on a massive increase. So it's all about making the right decisions for your organisations and making sure that you're you're doing that in partnership with the right, the right people internally as well, the right stakeholders. So what, what are the inhibitors? What is keeping people from making more digital investments? Uh, you know, just from our opening thing, uh, my little uh, diatribe on buying a garage door opener, uh, clearly the digital world can go into like every aspect of a purchasing decision. So what's inhibiting people, companies from investing more in all of these technologies that we're talking about? Well, I think from how you positioned it at the beginning of this, this uh, podcast is that in our real life, that's how we're operating. That's how we're making our day-to-day procurement decisions. And that culture is moving over and that mindset is coming into businesses. Um, and I think Bill's touched on the point. There's a lot of legacy systems that organizations are operating with. And we certainly found that um, the long development times and the technical setup costs were the initial inhibitors um, I myself have worked with organizations who have been ongoing with project implementation for not just one or two years, but multiple years. Um, so projects for, for investing in big tech programs can really take a long time to become embedded into organizations. Yes. So, Bill, is that kind of what your experience is? Or are there other, are there other kind of more personal things? Is there a re- resistance? Uh, um, people are concerned about their jobs as you're training people and talking with procurement professionals? Does that uh, sync with your experience? No, I, I don't think it does. I, when we look at the digitization that's happening now, um, the marketing the marketing folks are pretty good at it. If we're looking at an ad or if we, even if we uh, sometimes speak about things, we see all kinds of ads for the product and they've already identified that we're a potential customer and they're showing us all the different products um, and, and we're, we're not there yet. So, I recently joined the, uh, the the advisory board of a thing called the International Association of Data Governance and Analytics, and the feeling there is that people don't know what to do with the data in procurement supply chain. We got lots of data, but to sort it out and figure out exactly how it's going to work or what it's going to do, that hasn't been that hasn't been thought of yet. Thought of yet, and we got lots of data scientists working on it, but um, we need to, we need to do a better job in terms of getting deeper spend analysis and deeper supplier analysis. And, and I think over time, we're going to see an integration of supply chain digitally, which will impact everything. So Sheena, what's uh, looking ahead then, uh, is there, uh, is, is cloud technology, is that still where the investments are going or looking forward? Uh, are there other areas? I think you mentioned artificial intelligence perhaps? We certainly did find that artificial intelligence came up as a future investment for organizations to be to be having had in their pipeline. So they're thinking about that and they were probably building business cases around how they could build that into their business models. Cloud technology 
so many people or so many organisations have invested in cloud technology, that still has a long way to go there. There's a lot of organisations that still have to invest in that kind of tech. Um, but certainly artificial intelligence uh, came up high on the spectrum. And then you've got things like 3D printing. That's really taking off now and starting to find its, its, um, its feet a lot more. And then we've been talking about blockchain and other and smart contracts. And I think, again, it can be sector specific as to which sectors are investing in which tech that best fits their, their organisational needs. So we're looking forward to, to hearing more from our members as to what they're looking to invest in the next two to three years, what's, what's shaping their business cases at the moment. You actually have a survey um, out right now, and you're asking people to uh, tell you a little bit more about how they're doing it. What kind of questions are you asking in this uh, second round of survey? So in the second round of the survey, we're really looking to capture the information as to which sectors are leading the way with which investment types. So, for example, if we think about um, the manufacturing sector, they seem to be making a move on the robotic side of things, the 3D printing, the blockchain. Whereas if we talk to the professional services sector, they're looking more towards the smart contracts, chatbots, the ease of getting information very quickly out of their uh, contract management systems. So I think from a member's perspective, if you're thinking about building a business case for your organisation, if you're not um, leading, you're not the pioneer with this, it, gives, it should give our members an insight into who's made a move on this tech, what return on investment, any challenges that that organisation faced, and then it helps somebody who's then looking to make a move to then build their business case to present to the board as well. So sometimes it pays to go first, sometimes it pays to just hang back and wait and, and go a little bit later with some of the tech investments. And that's what we're looking to capture in the survey, that kind of information to our members. I found it interesting that in the first survey, respondents, uh, a significant number of respondents uh, seemed to feel that they were barely staying ahead or staying with their competition in their uh, technology investments. It seemed like uh, a lot of them felt that um, they might have been behind, that others were really leading the way. Do you think that's a, just the human nature response that everybody feels like they're behind just naturally? Or uh, do you think that that is uh, really suggests that a lot of people are hanging back or are finding in inhibitions to investing in technology? I think the added complexity comes when you're comparing business to your, your personal um, environment. Um, if you look at, like say, what we do in a day-to-day -day, uh, purchasing environment from a personal perspective, um, we do, do utilise a lot more tech. But again, because we're working in a business-to-business -business environment with legacy systems, it's about working with what we've got. There's been substantial investment into the SAP systems, the MRP systems that, that are in place already. Um, and again, it, it's making the right move at the right time for your organisation. And again, we can put that in perspective of some of the big companies that we've seen go that haven't invested at the right time. Uh, if we think about block Blockbusters versus Netflix. Um, some organizations hold back a little bit too long, and that can be uh, detrimental to their, their business model altogether. I so it is interesting. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I, I came from a business that uh, went into the printer business and then exited the printer business to stay in the typewriter business, and they're, they're no longer here, and uh, the government owns my pension. But none, nonetheless, um, I, I think that companies... Um, 
uh, don't know what to invest in, what to invest in first. And I do believe that the investment decision is not going to be a return on capital decision. It's going to be one to uh, maintain competitive parity or look for competitive advantage. So I think that's where I, most companies are, are, are slow to invest. They're, they're, what do we invest in? What is it going to do? How's it going to manage uh, in, in comparison to our competitors? And how are we going to reduce complexity and, and become a leader in the supply chain? Because when we th- start thinking about the manufacturing section, you, you look at the sector, you look at um, speed to market as a driver, even some of the services sectors, speed to market is the driver. Product life cycles are you know short. I mean, the phone only lasts about one or two years before you're getting a new one. And um, the tablet's the same. All of our technology is changing so fast and all of our products are changing so fast that people are in design with new ones the minute they release the old ones. So we really have to, so even though you can't see um, a return on investment uh, on paper, uh, there's still a compelling reason to move ahead with technology, even in spite of some of the inhibitions and obstacles. That's what people are finding. Yeah, yeah. So, Sheena, were there any forms of digital technology that seemed to be underrepresented, uh, things that you kind of thought would be uh, on the chart and really kind of fell off? Um, not so much fell off, but maybe a little bit further down um, organization, organization's pipeline for investment. Um, and there's a lot of curiosity still from, a, from an organization and procurement perspective. Um, I think sometimes the biggest challenge can be for the procurement team is locating the right service providers. So an organization may say, we want to look into investing in this in the next three to five years, start scoping the market out now from a procurement perspective. What are our options out there? Who are the, the organizations that we need to be partnering with? Um, and I think from what I hear when, when networking with our members and other organizations is that at blockchain, there's an awful lot of curiosity about, around blockchain technology. Um, and again, 3D printing um, and smart contracting, and they seem to sit uh, in partnership. And again, you've, you've already touched on the point, it's about investing in the right uh, technology at the right time. And sometimes it has to be multiple things for it to be effective. Um, so it, it's curious as to what may be in the pipeline and things can shuffle around. What you think is, oh, that's a great tech. People are really going to invest in that. And then people will detour and think, not now is not the right time. It, it's too much of a risk for us. And we need to think about a step change rather than a full change. So yes. it's subject to the culture of the organization and where they, they want to gain competitive market advantage or as Bill said as well, retain market strength and market position. I guess there was some of that in uh, when the term big data was coined a few years back and everybody felt, oh my gosh, we got to know all about big data. And then a lot of people were wondering, like scratching their heads thinking, well, what is big data and what does that really mean to me? And how, how could I really use that? And, and so there were some, uh, it was, it was trendy to talk about, but it was kind of slow to be implementing. And I think people are maybe sorting that out now. Is that your sense from the survey and, and Bill? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it, it really requires a, a thinking, what, what, what are we doing in the short term? What are we going to do in the medium term? And then I think the long term is probably three years when you start looking at the future. And I think when you're making these, these plans, you have to look at what, what, what can we do now? What do we have to prepare to do? And then, and then actually look at what, what we can do and then start making changes. But uh, the worst thing to do is not make any changes. 
How will the results of all this inform what SIPS does going forward? What will you do with it uh, besides sharing it with the profession? What, uh, is, there a, is, there a, uh, is there something in it for SIPS? Uh, uh, what are you trying to learn? At the end of the day, we have a natural curiosity as to how the procurement profession is changing. We're aware that um, from a strategic perspective, the, the profession will change because some of the operational tasks will come out of our profession in the years to come. As we're investing in tech, some of the day-to-day challenges that we face within procurement with regards to managing KPIs and, and contract management and uh, renewing contracts with our, with our suppliers, um, that will become a thing of the past as tech steps in and artificial intelligence starts to evaluate how well our suppliers have performed and whether the KPIs have hit target and the inventory levels in the warehouse do we need to be holding too much inventory? Can we operate just in time? Is 3D printing going to be able to ensure we can print inventory off? So our roles will actually change going forward as, as a professional. And that's what SIPS is really interested in, um, how our skill sets will need to develop over the coming years um, and these changes, how they'll come about and how our supply chains will, will change. So we need to make sure that our training and the information that we're putting out to our members is very relevant and current and is in alignment with what's happening in their world. And Bill, you're already telling people to kind of uh, stop focusing on the transactional parts of the business, the sort of the purchasing as administration and really keep uh, a much broader perspective. Uh, and does this survey and the results of this survey sort of, uh, uh, support that position? It, it certainly does. And I, I also think that, you know, we need to actually start thinking about how how do we, we, we're already into, everybody's converting to category management. And I think what's really going to be important in, in the future is, you know, so just, just what Sheena said, um, supplier relationship management, how we manage supplier relationships, how we integrate our business systems with our suppliers, how we actually, uh, reward people across the chain for the value that they add. Uh, and it's a, a procurement's in a, in a major uh, state of change when it moves from price management to cost management and, and then value management. So we're really trying to optimize value and no longer are, are the, the smart or savvy procurement groups looking at, you know, trying to find a, a few, um, a few dollars or a few cents and, in, in the supply chain, they're starting to look at how can we enhance the value? How can we get faster speed to market? How can we better integrate? How can we get innovation from the supply chain? So the value the value of what we buy is changing. Uh, the, the focus of what we buy is changing. And we need the support systems to, been, to enable us to change. Excellent. So people who want to participate in this survey, part two, have a few days to add their input. Sheena, tell us uh, uh, where do they go? Do they go to the website here? Yes, yeah, so alongside this podcast, uh, when you've had opportunity to listen to it, there'll be a link to the uh, survey and it'd be great to get as much insight and feedback from members and non-members as to where their tech journey is. So do have a look around this podcast feed uh, for the link to the survey. Yeah, it is really important for you to get uh, as much participation as you can on this to really get a, a solid idea of, what, of where procurement professionals are. Absolutely. And we are looking for a global perspective. So we're having, we have had a lot of feedback globally and we'd really like to make sure that the US market has had their say um, so we can give them some real good stats out of the findings. 
Excellent. Bill, any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I would encourage uh, people to go and, and take the survey and, and, and then look at the results and try and figure out how they can map their own journey um, to digitization. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sheena. And thank you, Bill. That's all for today on Global Sourcing Insights from SIPS. I'm Bob Rossbeck. Keep sourcing smartly.